It's time to plop down in front of the TV in the Wayback Machine with a bowl of your favorite cereal to relive the cartoons that made it worth waking up early on the weekend. It's the Saturday Morning Supercast. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Supercast. I'm Jeff. I'm Corey. And I'm Olivia. Where it's always Saturday morning and the cereal bowl is always full. I forgot that part. Yeah, it's okay. But you guys trucked right along. I appreciate it. Thanks for picking up my slack. <laughs> we, we do the yes and. You can just put yes, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. I had to explain to somebody at work what the, the yes and concept once. Uh, that was fun. I bet. Uh, so we are here today to talk about, if I believe, if I'm correct, uh, one of Corey's favorite cartoons, at least one that you remember fondly, uh, Dragon's Lair, uh-huh. another cartoon based on a video game. But first, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about Raisin Bran, and the reason we chose Raisin Bran, for a couple of reasons, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, and it's a mainstay, but uh, Dragon's Lair premiered in, uh, what year was it, 1984, 84, 85, and in 85... Raisin uh, Post reintroduced Raisin Bran as Natural Raisin Bran. All right. Uh, so I thought that's a good time to to tie it in together because it hit the shelves. And and what happened then was they the only thing that changed about the formula was they they took the sugar off of the raisin. So we'll we'll talk about this <laughs> because we have two two types of Raisin Bran on the market: Kellogg's Raisin Bran and Post Raisin Bran. I have uh, a preference. Uh, I will not be shocked to find out that neither of you have a preference, but I'll ask anyway. Uh, Olivia. Do you have a preference between Kellogg's Raisin Bran or Post Raisin Bran? And to, for those listening at home, if you're confused, Kellogg's is the one with the sun, the little sunny. The sun is their mascot, and Post Raisin Bran doesn't really have a mascot because it's for adults. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> uh, you are correct. I do not have a preference between Raisin Brands because, in general, though I do occasionally dabble in quotes adult cereals uh or grown-up cereals uh raisin bran is just never on the palate for me it's one of those things that if i was staying at somebody's house and we were running out the door quick and we needed to eat something and they said oh uh, i only have raisin bran is that okay sure not a problem i'll eat anything uh (laughs) but in terms of like, am I seeking it out? Am I buying it? And much more, even more so, am I buying name brand? The answer to all of those collectively. Nah, no. Nah. Okay. Uh, there Corey, we go. What about you? Do you have a preference between the two or do you even eat either one very often? Man, I don't even touch them. I ain't got no time for them. Do you just not, do you not like raisins or? I like raisins. I just have never cared for the combination. Interesting. Yes. Okay, well, this is this is well, this will shock no one. I have a preference because uh, raisin bran. I actually raisin bran is probably one of my favorite cereals because it's one of the few that I can eat, and I feel like I've had a meal. Um, okay, it's like if if I ever have cereal for dinner, chances are it's raisin bran uh, because I eat a bowl, and again, I, I feel like I've had a meal. Now, I prefer post raisin bran because they don't add sugar to the raisins. If you go back and eat Kellogg's raisin bran as an adult. Uh, it's like you're eating raisin flavored candy with the bran flakes because the sugar is just caked on there. Uh, and in fact, it is so bad that 
1991, Kellogg's complained that the guidelines for the USDA Supplemental Assistance WIC program didn't allow for the purchase of Kellogg's Raisin Bran because it contained too much sugar. It currently uh. has 17 grams of sugar per cup, which is a higher content of sugar than Lucky Charms, Reese's Puffs, and Cocoa Krispies. Well, oh, right. That is significant. Yes. Uh, and and I, I yeah. would never but, have assumed it was that high. Oh, oh it, it is, it's bad. Uh, and uh, like I said, the last time I, I had some, I was like, well, it, it was on sale. So like, I'll get the Kellogg's. It's, you know, it's all the same. I get home. I'm like, oh, this is not the same. Uh, again, it's not not awful, but uh, I always add a little bit of, of equal or splendor or something to mine anyway. And uh, when I did that, I was like, oh, this is this is like eating candy. Uh, and uh, and I do I, I don't like raisins by themselves. Uh, I like oatmeal raisin cookies, but that's that and raisin bran are pretty much the only time I will eat raisins. Uh, so, uh, and I'm kind of on that camp because I'm one of those people that struggles with raisin trust issues. <laughs> um, I, I raisins are okay in specific places. I am okay with raisins in cold cereal, though I prefer if it wasn't just raisins, maybe if it was balanced out with some other things as well. Uh, I'm okay with raisins in uh, hot oatmeal. I'm okay with raisins in a granola bar, in a trail mix. I draw a hard line, though, at raisins in baked goods. And okay. so if you've ever been in a gift shop and seen signs or gift items that say, cookies um like cookies uh, that look like chocolate chip but are actually raisin are the reason why i have trust issues <laughs> okay that's that, fair. that type of saying like that that is i am the consumer for that that tchotchke um so um and and actually to the point where my father and i have a running joke where um he and i want to collaborate on a cookbook called ruin it with raisins <laughs> interesting trademark trademark don't y'all go out there and steal it from me and the point of the cookbook is it's it's kind of a reverse cookbook we're gonna take like we would take famous recipes with raisins and instead offer you a selection of options literally anything but raisins that is probably going to improve it okay right. yep, yep. Oh, yeah. so yeah, ra raisins are a finicky thing growing up in the Breeze household um, <laughs> because they could be in certain places, but they could not appear in others. And okay, so, so they're, they're a limited use item, basically. Yes. Yes. All right. Good to know. Um, and, and Corey, what what is your deal with raisins? Do you, do you like raisins? Okay. Or. Yeah, I, I absolutely love raisins. The only thing I don't like them in is like potato salad. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, trail mix Who on their own. Raisins and potato salad. Yeah, it's, it's a white person thing from what I've heard. Um, that is an abomination. Right? I, I, I have I, heard I I've heard tell of this. I've just thankfully never experienced it. Yeah, thank, thankfully I haven't oh. either. Um, no, I'll take, I'll take raisins anytime. But you don't like raisin bran? Don't like raisin bran. Is there a reason? Do you not? Is it the brand part of it that you don't care for? Or, or I think I, I just I didn't like the taste, and I you know, and it stuck with me, and I've just never gone back to uh, to try it out again. All right, so a, a childhood trauma that you've never been able to overcome. I, I understand Correct. that. Correct. We yeah. can all understand that. <laughs> I'm working through it. So this is interesting. I think this is the well. This is not the first time I've liked a cereal, but neither one of you have really cared for. Um, 
And we'll be the last. Right. Do you, so <laughs> I think we've discussed this before, but Corey, where do you stand on Wheaties? And I don't care for them. Okay. Uh, wheat checks. If it's in like, like uh, a mix. Party mix or yeah, something. Like okay. Party mix. Yeah. All day. All right. But, but just brand on its own. You're just not a fan of, uh, yeah. it seems like as well. Yeah. Okay, no, so it's, I get the, it it's the brand, not the raisins. Interesting. Brand, well, brand a brand flake by itself. It's a very specific. Um, gosh, it's a very specific g- grain type of flavor. Um, yeah. I, I like, like I like brand with malt, brand but there's no sweetness balanced with the malt, and it's which now makes it sound like I'm home brewing. But um, <laughs> it no, I get it. I get it. Um, if, if I were to have Raisin Bran, uh, post-natural Raisin Bran, um, I might I might throw a little spoon shake of sugar over the top just just to smooth things along. Well, and I do as well, and that's that's what and it just it tastes good to me. That that is just the perfect combo. You put a little bit of bit of sugar, a little bit of sweetener in with it, and it's perfect. And again, it's 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 very filling to me. So uh there's also total has their own raisin bran as well, but uh, it's just total with raisins in it. I'm reminded of the uh, a, a bit on Family Guy where they had a a whale sit, staying with them, and he says, uh, "Do you have any raisin bran?" Peter says, "Oh, we got total. We got raisins. You can put them together. It'd be like raisin bran." And the whale says, "It'd be like raisin bran, but it's not raisin bran. Can you go get me some?" <laughs> Peter counters with, "What time's your flight again?" Uh, but I did want to give folks a little bit of background on the history of raisin bran because I find this kind of interesting and maybe you will as well uh skinner's the skinner manufacturing company was the first company to produce uh, a raisin bran cereal in 1926 and for 17 years they had ownership over the product's name until kellogg's and post began to sell their own versions of raisin bran and of course with concerns about losing money within grocery store sales skinner skinner filed a cease and desist order in attempt to keep ownership over the raisin bran product the name Raisin Bran was at one time trademarked by Skinner, but in 1944, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit found that the name Raisin Bran could not be appropriated as a trademark because, quote, a name which is merely descriptive of the ingredients, qualities, or characteristics of an article of trade cannot be appropriated as a trademark, and the exclusive use of it afforded legal protection. Interesting. So it's, it's, they're, they're basically hmm. saying, they're just saying what it is. It's just their version of this. Uh, it, I guess it would be like trademarking oatmeal. Sure. A meal of oats. Yeah, I suppose so. So uh, okay. I, I find that interesting because n- I've never heard of Skinner's Raisin Bran, and I'm assuming the Skinner Manufacturing Company is no more because uh, I've never heard of them. Uh, and if if, mm. if they are still around, yeah. they are probably very very small. Um, Would be the cereal's vitamin D three supplementation is made from lanolin, which is an animal product, rendering it as a non vegan breakfast cereal. So everybody be beware. And uh, then we already we already talked about the the sugar content in it. So um, yeah. Uh, research suggests that eating commercially produced raisin bran containing sugared raisins produces acid, which can lead to cavities, while homemade raisin bran created by adding plain unsugared raisins to bran flakes produces less of this acid. So if you're going to have one, it sounds like the post unsugared raisin version is probably a little bit healthier. Well, and I will say that uh, I was very amused, though, by the the post um, merchandising with uh, or uh, well, uh, or the post advertising, I should say, with uh, John Denver. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can't get more wholesome than John Denver. Nope. Meanwhile, Kellogg's, you know, they're famous for saying two scoops of raisin in every raisins in every box, 
And uh, the Science Creative Quarterly a fifth, uh, found that a 15-ounce box of Kellogg's Raisin Bran contains between 201 and 241 raisins, which led to the conclusion that a scoop contains roughly 100 to 120 raisins. Now you know. I feel like that's kind of a skimpy scoop. I don't know. That's, I mean, you think about it, 100 raisins. Eh, it seems reasonable to me. Hmm. In a 15-ounce box, it's a smallish box. So Yeah, exactly. So I think that's oh, all true. there is to, okay. to say about Raisin Bran. So uh, probably more than there is to say about Raisin Bran. But uh, interesting that uh, I'm a fan. You guys don't really care for it. Um, hmm. Interesting. So we're gonna we take a, we'll take a short break. And we'll be back to discuss Dragon's Lair. Okay. So Dragon's Lair. This is not the first cartoon that we've discussed that's based on a video game. But it is the first one that might actually look worse than the video game yeah unfortunately Ooh. um <laughs> anybody not familiar dragon's lair was an arcade game produced by don bluth who started out as a disney animator and struck out on his own it has a very specific style you can always tell a don bluth uh yeah product I, I love it his animation i think is gorgeous the art style and the animation is gorgeous um the video game is what's called a twitch game so it's it's completely cell animated uh, like you would see in a, in a feature film, and it is gorgeous. Uh, it was it was used. They used a laser disc in the arcade machine, the arcade cabinet, and it cost like fifty cents to play. So it was double the price of most video games. Uh, I never played it, but I used to watch my friend Turtle play it all the time. And basically, I say it was a Twitch game because you would follow the story along, and at certain points, you would have to hit a button to go left or right or or, or, or something along those lines, right, Corey? Yeah, you could go left or right. And then it was just a single big red button to jump or whatever. And, yeah, and whatever the action required, it's, it's kind of like what timing. is now quick time events in a video game. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's all about timing. So I, I don't, I never saw anybody get even remotely far into the game. What about you, Corey? Uh, yeah, I've seen the end. I've never reached it myself, but I've seen people do it. Several years ago, the PlayStation Network you could buy for like two or three dollars. There was because they did Dragon's Lair and they released Space Ace a, a year or so yep. later. You could buy them and you could watch a branching version of the game where you would go from start to finish successfully. That's the only way I've ever seen either one. Okay, and it lasts you know a good ten fifteen minutes. Uh, it was it was a decent uh, decent amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but again, it looked gorgeous. Yeah. So, of course, it came out in 1983, so in, uh, they immediately decided to do a cartoon version of it, which Ruby Spears produced, and it ran for 13 episodes from September 8th of 1984 to April 27th of 1985 on ABC, and then, of course, you know, ran in, in re reruns or repeats. I never saw this as a kid. I saw a few episodes as an adult years ago, and then, of course, watched a couple of episodes in preparation for the show. Uh, so that's my experience. We'll start with Olivia first. What is, do you have any experience with the show? Did you watch it when it was on the first time or were you, was it before your time? Yeah, very little prior experience in its initial airing in 84, 85, I would have been about four years old. So yeah, little, little too young for that first airing. I am vaguely familiar with it in the sense of you know watching through a few episodes i was like oh yeah okay there's little shreds and bits that that seem familiar but in terms of having you know watched episodes or remembering plot lines or any of that i was largely a blank slate all right and it was like i said it was pretty much the same same for me i think i had seen 
two or three episodes and, and knew the basic plot and the basic vibe of it. Uh, and that was about it. So, Corey, you're you're sort of the fan here. So, first off, uh, how much experience do you have with the game? Did you ever spend your quarters on it, or did you just watch other people play? No, I probably dropped, you know, back in that time, at least like 50, 60 bucks between oh, wow. Dragon's Lair and Space Ace. Those yeah. are my two go-to games. It was even to the point where, I guess, last year they released a mini cabinet of Dragon's Lair. Oh, yeah. That you could play it on. And I bought that, and so I still play that every now and then, but it mostly sits on my bookcase. Um, but I absolutely loved the video games. I thought they were amazing. Oh, and they are. They really are. Uh, very much ahead of their time. Uh, mm-hmm. Very rudimentary now, like you talked about. It's sort of flash animation now, but uh, yeah, it looked gorgeous. No, So when the TV show came out, was it something that you just jumped on because you were such a fan of the game? Heck yeah. Okay. And so... I'm assuming as a kid, you probably liked it okay, but as an adult, your mileage has varied a little bit. Yeah, I remember enjoying it greatly as a kid, and then when I rewatched a couple episodes for this, as we'll get into, the the animation was really subpar, and honestly, I think the probably the writing was on par with what the game originally was, but um, yeah, it just did not hold the nostalgia for me like I thought it may have. And I, th- I think you're absolutely right about the, the the writing is definitely, I won't say the writing is not a problem, but the writing is not the big, pro- the biggest problem I'll have here. Uh, I did watch, I watched the first episode. You can watch most of the episodes on YouTube for free. Uh, you can also buy the, the episodes digitally on iTunes or anywhere. And I, you can probably get them on DVD, I think from Warner Archive, a print on demand. Um so as we mentioned, the the show was uh, produced by Ruby Spears. It was based on Dragon's Lair by Rick Dyer and Don Bluth. Uh, the voices, we had uh, Dirk the Daring was voiced by Bob Sarlata, Princess Daphne by Ellen Gerst- Gerstel. Mm-hmm. King Aetherhard was voiced by Fred Travelina, who is a, an actor that I know, but nobody else really seems to know. Oh, Fred's great and a hell of an impressionist. Yes. Uh, he, in fact, I believe he was the sound alike for Joe Pesci for years. Probably so. For TV and and, and um, airplanes, especially for Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy was voiced by Michael Mish. Singe the Dragon was voiced by Arthur Berghart. Uh, the Great Peter Cullen versus a uh, voice Bertram the Horse and Sir Hubert Blunt and Clive mm-hmm. Revel, uh, who was the voice of the who played the Emperor in The Empire Strikes Back originally and was the voice for the Emperor, uh, was the storyteller. Oh, yeah. Uh, Arthur Berghart is an actor that uh, did a lot of soaps. Uh, he also voiced Devastator on Transformers, Destro and Stalker and Iceberg on G.I. Joe. So that, that's where I know him from. Right. Uh, and Ellen Gerstel uh, did, a, did a lot of stuff. She did a voice on Gem uh, for Gem yep. and the Holograms and uh, did some anime work as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Fred Travelina, you might also, uh, I believe. No, that was Dave Thomas. Never mind. Uh, I can always get Fred Travelina and Dave Thomas confused, especially like early to mid eighties, Fred Travelina and Dave Thomas. Cause they look a lot alike. Okay. Um, I was going to say he was in stripes, but he was not. That was Dave Thomas in stripes yeah. as EMC at the, the mud wrestling thing. Uh huh. But yeah, Fred Travelina once did a split screen impression of John Lennon and Paul McCartney, like in the same bit. Oh, and, fun. Uh, yeah. He's, he's like you said, he's, he's great. He's a great uh, impressionist. Um, so yeah, the first, episode is called the tale of the enchanted gift where Dirk has to find the perfect gift for princess Daphne's birthday. And that's the one that I watched most recently. Um, so uh, we also had uh, Sir Timothy's quest tournament of the phantom Knight, which I couldn't find, but sounds like a lot of fun. 
uh, the Smithy's Haunted Armor, The Pool of Youth, The Story of Old Alf, and I'm assuming that's not no, that's from not the one from Elmac, no. The Song of the Chimes, The Girl from Crow's Wood, Mirror, Mirror, uh, The Snow Witch, The Tale of Dirk's New Sword, The Legend of the Giant's Name, and The Mist of Wishes, which also sounds interesting. Uh, and for most of the episodes, it's Dirk was trying to do something and Singe the Dragon was constantly causing problems and all of his sending his little minions after after Dirk uh, to try to either waylay him or kidnap the princess or, or what have you. That's pretty much it, right, Corey? Yeah, pretty much every single one. Okay. So, which is, you know, pretty common for Saturday morning cartoons of this type. So, Olivia, let's start with you since you didn't have any experience with it. Uh, did you have any key takeaways from the show as you watched it for, for this recording? I found the, uh, the plot lines and, uh, voice acting because in general, this is a, a pool of talented performers with experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found the voice acting much less irritating as, I did with some other kind of fantasy based shows in particular, like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so this, this was a little more pleasing to the ear and accessible for me in that way. Um, visually, uh, there are issues and I'm going to let y'all tear into that because <laughs> I know you have more, more vested in that. Or, yeah. Corey's definitely got more skin in the game on this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say the i do feel like the uh the music holds up oh yeah um and the music was done by um john debney debney which is a name i recognize as well yeah um who has done a lot of television scoring uh star trek next gen deep space nine sequest yep. uh but has also done some uh not just in the fantasy realm, but like has also done some, like uh, Cagney and Lacey mm -hmm. um, for, um, uh, let's see what else. Oh, animated police Academy series. Uh, Which we did. We, we can't talk about that. Was that was, that was a uh, first run syndication. I still want to talk about that show though. Uh, he also yes. did film stuff like uh, passion of the Christ, Bruce almighty elf. He had a hand in, you know, Spy Kids. He's done a lot of stuff. Iron Man. He yeah. did the Iron, all the Iron Man films yeah. as well. He's worked with John Favreau yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Spider Man and, Three, uh, an Academy Award nomination too for yeah. uh, Passion. So oh, yes, um, a again, a heavy hitter here as well. Yeah, yeah. So did it's got some legit credits. Um, no surprise that uh, he worked uh, quite a bit in his younger years with White Curtain. Oh, right. Of course. Of, who didn't? Yeah. Of Hanna-Barbera right. fame. Well, all the smart people did. I'll put <laughs> it that way. Because man was a crack composer. Mm. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, I think the, the music is one of the most enjoyable elements of this for me. Oh, and I would also like to mention he did the music for Hocus Pocus and also did the score for Hocus Pocus 2, which is coming up later this year. Yep. No, Corey's very excited about that one too. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some, some really, really uh, exciting people that are involved here. And, and you're right, Olivia, the, the voice acting for the most part, I, I was a little annoyed with princess Daphne, but that's more the way the character was portrayed and less the voice. Uh, surprising. Yeah, that's the voice her writing. Surprisingly listenable. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I guess, yeah, it just, it seemed like they were actually, you know, at least taking the work seriously. 
to to yeah. an extent. Yeah, but, I'd say uh, so. Yeah. And and you know we talked about the you know the the animation, and I'll say the animation is not great, but the art style I have no problem with because it does. If you're looking at a still frame, if you're not looking at the depth of the frame. Um, it does look like what we saw in the game for the most part. Wouldn't you agree, Corey? Yes, it does. But it's just that, you know, that, that toned down, uh, bare bones, Saturday morning cartoon animation just really makes it suffer, especially if you go in expecting it to look like the game. So, Corey, when you were a kid, you mentioned that you liked it because we had characters like the Lizard, Lizard King, the Giddy Goons, and the Mud Men. Uh, so that stuff is like tailor-made for kids. So as an adult, what did you find? Was there anything specific that still worked for you? I think overall for a fantasy cartoon, it was fine. I think knowing the arcade game as well as I do and seeing, as you said, the stripped-down animation um, that they did simply so they could crank it out fast, uh, it hurts the overall product, but were I think were you not familiar with the original video game, you probably wouldn't have noticed that much um, or familiar with the other Don Bluth um, outings. But yeah, watching it again, um, it, it was fun and it was cute, but they're like we have found with many of the cartoons around the mid 80s. There was not just there was not a lot of substance to it. It was just to make a quick buck to sell a couple of a uh, couple of action figures, and that was about it. Now, to counter what Corey just said, I am not at all familiar with the video game. Have not played it at all. Not familiar with its visuals. That being said, I still watched this also with a blank slate and still recognized that the animation was a bit of a crap sandwich. Right. So <laughs> it's not hard, to, it's hard not hard to notice, especially when you have a discerning eye like you it's do. There. Um, and well, and I had a, and I, I, you know what, I will say this. I have learned a lot from doing this podcast because I, I would say that would be a thing I would never have really noticed or honestly cared that much about before. And now I can watch 15 minutes of a cartoon I barely remember existing from my childhood and see a moment in, I don't remember if this was episode one or two, but um, the uh, characters are standing. It doesn't even matter who really characters, <laughs> characters are standing in the woods. Spoken, and- spoken like a true Saturday morning cartoon creator. <laughs> yeah. People are standing in the woods and little gobliny things are going to like throw ropes around the guy and tie him up. And, and um, we got to that point and it was, it was done. And I'm going to guess maybe like um, a couple of frames really, because it was like, you know, two steps for them to just put up, put up, be standing next to him and then just chucking the ropes around him and then him instantly just kind of freezing standing there going oh because to to fight to resist would necessitate animation exactly (laughs) so so, yeah that that was it was like just little moments like that that i could i could watch and and think to myself oh that's a shame that's a shame right (laughs) So uh, going back to to Corey, 
what is something that struck out that stuck out to you watching it as an adult? Was there anything that worked for you in a different way than it did when you were a kid that still worked, but just kind of kind of for a different reason? No, I think it just it still worked because it's still fantasy. It's still you know like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I was very much into just the the high fantasy of it, and that still works. That still holds, and it's fun to listen to. Peter Cullen doing something other than Optimus Prime, and you know it was it was a nice bit of nostalgia, uh, but I don't think that I'm gonna like go out and buy the the DVD of the all thirteen episodes like I did with Dungeons and Dragons. Right. No, I I think it probably doesn't hold. This seems like one to me that you could put on in the background while you're doing other stuff and enjoy the uh, the audio if you're sure. not having to watch yeah. if you're not having to really pay attention to the story. And you're not having to really pay attention to the animation. If you're just enjoying the noise, for lack of a better word. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, yeah, decent voice acting, nice music. Um, the music is special. glance at the yeah. screen and gleam what's happening, and there you go. And one thing that I had forgotten about that I didn't notice when I watched it, you know, again, years ago, is that it does take a, a page from the video game and that every time you go to a commercial, it's a cliffhanger. And the storyteller is narrating Dirk's options and asks a viewer, what would you do? Yes. Which is exactly what the game was doing. But you had uh, a couple of minutes to figure it out rather than like a split second. (laughs) Right. And then after the commercial break, the outcomes of the various choices were shown before Dirk acts on the correct idea to advance the story. I don't remember seeing that a whole lot in the episode I watched on YouTube. Corey, did you notice that? No, there was, uh, they showed it in like... I think it was the third episode that I watched. I I tend to think that uh, with a couple of these episodes, the people just cut that out in addition to the commercials. I'm guessing that yeah, when it, when they were sold like a syn- in a syndication package or something, they just cut that part out because you know yeah. who cares these days. But that's something I would very much be interested to know if it was on if you if you were to purchase the episodes, uh, you know, either on on DVD or digitally if if they were there because that's the stuff that would be the most interesting to me. And that would be the only reason I would go back and want to watch every episode was just to see stuff like that. It's kind of like the end of clue yeah. uh, clue, the movie. And I, but I thought that was great. I thought that was a really nice touch that they put that in there to call back to the video game. Because again, this, this was a huge, this was a phenomenon in 83, yeah. the mid eighties. Uh, if you went to a, a, an arcade at all, they had this machine there. It was this one. It was space ace and it was the hologram one. Um, I can't remember what the hologram one was called, but it had a, a, a gunslinger in it. And that was the coolest thing. I know it, it wasn't Wild Gunman, was it? I, I couldn't tell you. I just remember it was like a flat, round video game that had 3D holograms on it. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Time. No, I don't, yeah, I don't remember that. I just, I barely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. That was all the rage back then, but that was also, you know, the, the time of the laser discs, which. You know, and I got like 200 sitting in my closet that I, I barely ever watch. <laughs> well, because you got to flip them, don't you? Uh, not with this player. Oh, you got a, flipping, the, a player that flips them for you. I got a player that has a, a laser on the top and the bottom, so oh, it just nice. reads it. Yeah, man. But they're all letterboxed, <laughs> right? They're not mm. widescreen. Um, yes, most of them are letterboxed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how far we've come. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, this, you know, again, we have 13 episodes of this one. It's It's not the worst show we've watched for no. this for this podcast by far <laughs> it's it's not the best but but i do feel like i i feel like if they redid it i want to say there was some there was a time that they were thinking about rebooting it uh, 
And if they did, I, I hope not. Well, I think they could. I think they. This is when it could be rebooted if they did it in a traditional animation style. And uh, maybe it was a feature film they were thinking about doing. Because um, I'm telling you, if if Don Bluth, I don't even is Don Bluth even still around? I think he might be. Um. Yep, he's still around. Yep. He's 84, 84. But he's from he Texas. lives right near you. Yeah. I forgot about that. Went to Brigham Young. Woof. Wow. <laughs> Um, lives right near me. El Paso was like a day's drive. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, but uh, say, near us in the sense that it's still on the opposite side of this ginormous state. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> but I guarantee you if Don Bluth was involved and they did it in the style of the original game, uh, they could make, you know, an hour and a half film, you know, uh, feature film version of this. It would probably be phenomenal. It um, could very well be. And I think it would I think it would probably do very well, especially with people our age, because, you know, I'm somebody who is sort of tangentially aware of it because I did. Again, I never played it myself. I just watched other people because it was too cheap to spend two quarters on a game, especially when I saw it was only going to, you know, I was only going to get a couple of tries at it before it would be done. So, Corey, you're not going to seek out any more of these after this. No, I'll still play my little mini arcade and and live life. But uh, it was fun going and seeing it again. Yeah, it really was. I don't feel like this was a, a waste of time as I like I have with some of our others. Uh, Olivia, I'm assuming you have no interest in going back and revisiting or visiting for the first time any of these? No, nah, I'm good. I'm cool. Okay. Uh, well, and same for me. You know, although I don't know. I might actually track down some more of these episodes because there's a couple of these that sounded vaguely interesting to me. Um, the, the Tournament of the Phantom Knight. I just want to see what the Phantom Knight looks like because the Phantom Knight kidnaps the king and Dirk must return of the hostage and uh my guess is black armor i'm I'm guessing so well you can grab them on the warner archive collection i I can i don't know if i want to buy them though i'll see if i could if i could watch them for free that would be okay i'm surprised this isn't streaming uh on like um hbo max or anywhere like that i don't know uh and the legend of the giant's name which sounds a lot like rumpelstiltskin uh, King, uh, the latest plot against King Ethelred's kingdom, Singe awakens the last of the Ardu giants by saying his real name. And then the mist of wishes, Singe wants to create a magic mist, but his plans are disrupted by Dirk and Blunt. That one sounds like it might be kind of eerie as well. Anything having to do with a mist, I'm, I'm always, always down for. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, I don't know that I would pay money for them. Uh, right. You want free mists. Yes, I want free mists. Uh, I'm sorry, ABC. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be on uh, wouldn't be on uh, HBO HBO Max because that's other stuff. Maybe Hulu. I'm surprised it's not on Hulu, huh? So anyway, write a letter to your congressman and figure it out. Jeff. I, I will. So okay, so we're we're all on no on Raisin <laughs> Brand. We're all uh eh, on Dragon's Lair. Uh, Corey, since you've got the tabletop little arcade, um, uh-huh. how far into it have you gotten? Uh, there's no save function on it, so I think probably I've gotten maybe like 15 minutes into it. There's yeah. got to be somewhere online where you, you can find like the moves that oh, you the, need to make. Yeah, there absolutely is, but that just defeats the purpose for me in that regard. I like I like the mistakes. I like, it's fun seeing the death animations. It's, it's the nostalgia of it. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to beat it. I just want to play it and have fun. All right, fair enough. Um, is it one of those? How, how big is this one? The one that I have? Yeah. Uh, the screen's about four inches, so I'd say in total, and you can output it through HDMI to like a, a full TV. Um, 
I think it's maybe like maybe like seven, eight inches tall. So it's about the size of like the old tabletop like Pac-Man games that we have, but it's just you've actually got instead of just like dots on the screen, you've actually got the image from the, the Yeah, like bit. it's it's the full uh resolution and yeah, the joystick's a little miniature. So uh yeah, it's it's uh it's it's fun. It's cool. It even came with like a little fake laser disc player with a little laser disc that you can put into I've it. I've seen that. Yeah, I think you yeah. sent me a picture of it when you got yeah, it. Yeah, I probably yeah. did. That's 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 hilarious. And when yeah. you plug it into your TV, what, does it upscale okay? Does it look okay? Oh yeah, it's it's full 1080 and you can even plug in a controller in the back through USB and play it on the TV. Yeah. That's it's really, really cool. Yeah. Wow. Now, Very limited you, edition. I think they're all sold out, but it was like 100 bucks when it came out. Do you have the option to watch the game start to finish? I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I do. That would be I'll something that, that that I would have would have would have liked for them to have added to that. Yeah, a little hmm. movie version. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. All right. Well, though I would think that would be something that somebody would stream on YouTube. Oh, right, I'm exactly. sure it's out there. Yeah, and yeah, it's some kind of playthrough of it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's got to be. Um, so okay, cool. So well, there you have it, folks. That those are our thoughts on Raisin Brand and Dragon Slayer. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So head to the Facebook page and. Uh, leave us your thoughts. And if you have a video of you completing Dragon's Lair on YouTube, send us the link. Um, yeah, but we'll... don't, you know, don't like King of Kong it where you, you splice it and yeah, you no, try and we'll slay your own barbecue sauce and all that. Billy, what was his name? Billy. Uh... I was say Billy Mays, but that's not it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Freaking, freaking American, American flesh. Uh, and all that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. If you haven't seen anyway. King of Kong, folks, go, go check it out. It's a great documentary. Yeah. Uh, a fistful of quarters Uh, all right well uh folks again uh for the saturday morning supercast uh, i'm jeff i'm Corey, and i'm olivia and it is time for college sports so it's time to go outside i'm gonna play my dragon slayer screw you guys i might watch college sports sigh Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow the show on Facebook at Saturday Morning Supercast and follow at Marvin Dog Media on Twitter. 